Welcome back to the Inner Peace Podcast. I'm just going to get started with a word of prayer this morning. Lord God, I thank you for the opportunity to come back before you this morning, Lord. I thank you for a fresh vision. I thank you for a clean house. I thank you for provisions. I thank you for my family. I thank you for my health. I thank you for a clear mind. I thank you for forgiveness and wisdom and the opportunity to see things from a different perspective and a different angle. Um, Also, thank you for this platform and for the opportunity to be able to influence people and build your flock. I ask that you would inspire me to say the things that you would have for me to say, Lord God, and to take away the things that you would not have me to say. I pray these things in your name. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, I pray. And God, amen. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you for joining me this morning for another episode. Um, so I have some things. I have some things that I've been really thinking about over the past few days. Um, I left my job about two or three weeks ago on October 12th, and it was one of the best decisions I've made. <laughs> <laughs> a long time. I'm not encouraging anybody to do so. This is just what I felt led to do. And the opportunity came. And without going too far deep into it, um, I had been thinking about it for a long time. Um, I never really felt connected to my job. And I was, I've been working in human resources for about a total of five years now. And I think for the most part, I've been making do. And, you know, I'm one of those people that can do almost anything. I've been an aircraft mechanic. I've been, um, my my degree is in pre-physical therapy because I was supposed to get in that. And I've worked in customer service a lot. I drive for Lyft and Uber now. And I kind of have found a way to, you know, get along, get by. And, and like I said, working in management, is, it's a different beast. Um, nothing negative that I want to share this morning Um, because that's not the topic of the conversation, but it has been made, I've been made aware of the fact that I just don't feel connected to what I've been doing professionally. Um, And I look around in the world and I see so many people that were brave enough to step out and go out on a limb and do them, you know, and do what is the thing that it is, innately connected to them intrinsically and and connected to them and I I want that now I have always been shy about being in the entrepreneurial space full-time and really trying my hand at that because I mean honestly I was too scared um you know I like the ability to be able to go in somewhere and clock in and know that you know when you clock in you have guaranteed money but I think that I have really overstayed my welcome in that space because one, it's not satisfying. Two, it doesn't resonate with the God-given part of me. Um, and not saying that I can't do it just solely for those things, but it's just like it just felt so empty in the decisions that you know the company was making. I, I just oftentimes. They didn't resonate with me. I didn't feel connected to it. That's the bottom line. And um, for a long time, I felt like my vision for my life just was non-existent in a lot of different regards. And this was one of them. And, you know, I also have been, while I've been driving for Lyft and Uber, for the past few weeks, I've been really taking it upon myself to get out and do things and, you know, I went to a soccer game. I went to the museum. I, you know, I've just been not really traveling as much right now, and I will, but a little later on. But um, just working on being more present in my life and showing up for me more and trying to discover the things that make me happy and bring me joy, you know, exposing myself to new experiences that I haven't um, thought about trying before, you know. And it's been um, a very positive experience. And so in doing all these things, I noticed how preoccupied I was mentally. Um, First and foremost, leaving my job took off, took away so much stress for me. Um, 
took away so much stress, my Lord. And just alleviating that stress, initially you would think that, or I would think that leaving a job would be more stressful or something that would add stress to me and worry and anxiety, but it just did not. Like, I just, I've never been at more peace. And so I'm still in this space. Of course, like I said, I'm bringing income in with just driving for Lyft and Uber. And I was cleaning the other day. You know, I started taking notes and um, making notes for this episode, actually, just because I felt like the spirit of God just was really heavy on my heart um, with some things um, pertaining to vision and my vision and other people's visions and sometimes how the vision that we have had or may have regarding our future and our life may become a little dim. And I'm like, I started to really think about what was getting in the way of that flow possibly. And, you know, I just kind of discovered that I was for the most part been preoccupied with things that are out of order at this point in time in my life, you know, and I mean, what I mean by out of order, I mean, um, I mean that I spend too much time thinking about things that I can't do anything about right now and not enough time thinking about the things that I can actually do something about right now. And that number one thing being establishing myself in the space of um, being an entrepreneur for one, um, starting and finishing this master's degree that I have um, yet to start and have been meaning to start for the past few years and just really pouring myself into the space of being a licensed professional counselor. I've never taken the time to really plan anything in that that space because um, my undergraduate degree was initially supposed to be in psychology, but I allowed somebody to talk me out of that and you know, their reasoning was, oh, well, unless you go all the way up to PhD, you're not going to make any money. And it's just like, you know, you have to really be careful about who you talk to, because I remember the person that I did talk to who did influence me in that way. First and foremost, she wasn't saved. Second of all, she was speaking from a pessimistic, negative perspective. Third, she wasn't privy to the vision that I had in this space, like me in psychology and me and in, in, in helping people and being able to redirect and guide people, it's just, it comes very naturally to me. It's something that I feel um, gifted in. Um, people tend to come f- to me for a lot of advice. And it just, a lot of people say they look up to me in that regard. And so it just, I, I have started programs. I have mentored. I have, in some degree, counseled consistently and I'm just like I just never really connected the dots per se um, because I didn't really have a vision for what I was doing I was just doing what came naturally to me but um like I said here as of late um there was just been a few things that have been laid upon my heart and so I'm just gonna read over my notes here and go over what I feel like I was inspired um to say here and so the episode of the title of this episode is going to be called the vision part one um i don't know how many parts this is going to be but i'm just going to go with it um first portion of my notes is really about you know how to formulate the right relationship and how to attract the right people and how to identify certain habits and tendencies within yourself in order to make yourself more viable for a relationship and a healthier one at that and um we have discovered the theory of attachment styles and you know how you can either be um, preoccupy, you can be secure, you can be avoidant, you can be ambivalent, you can be so many different things. And um, people have made thousands of videos about, you know, the topic within itself. But I do believe that now, after some thought and prayer, and really just sitting with it, that I see the enemy working in that because it still takes you away from God. It still takes your focus away from the most high and being in the word and it gives too much power to your past 
And I'm an advocate of working through your issues and working through your problems and identifying your tendencies. But at the end of it, when you get too caught up in that, you still give it power. And as a person who previously identified with the preoccupied, um, anxious attachment style in certain relationships and secure in other relationships, I understand that it's just a lack of self-control and a lack of being able to check your anxiety me naming my anxiety or me me naming my um self-control with some type of psychological term doesn't make it more palatable it doesn't make it more functional it doesn't make it more um easier to surmount and by any means it just identifies psychology for the most part will only identify and label um, it doesn't necessarily cure or alleviate the symptoms necessarily. Um, the curing and alleviating is a byproduct of being very intentional about changing your lifestyle, about changing your mindset, about changing your habits and adjusting your environment um, enough to where you can experience peace for one. But I do not believe that just by practicing the um appropriate exercises that you will be able to alleviate the distress or anxiety that is a byproduct of these attachment styles within itself I do believe you need God I do believe you need the Holy Spirit and I do believe you need to submit to the most high in order to experience that full amount of peace because just like he said it's in his word he will give you a peace that surpasses all understanding and no other religion no other walk of life claims to be able to or um, have access to that kind of peace. Um, so many other things that we may touch on and try to um, visit and dedicate ourselves to will give us a temporary version of peace that we have to continuously re-engage with and um, reapply in so many different ways and it's ineffective in the long run. And so I say all that to say that I believe that there is a reason why we have this underlying nervous energy and um i'm going to share and continue to share about how and why so i said how we are often led by our emotions and when those emotions dissipate we continually change directions and so for the most part i know that most um humans don't check their thoughts before they respond to them or act on them we just automatically identify the thought as being ours and we act accordingly whether it be you know a craving for food whether it be a craving for a relationship or a craving for a person missing you know we tend to be emotionally motivated motivated people when um when it comes to making decisions on what our next move is and what's right for us and what we need and what we're missing it depends on how we feel and given that temporary emotions are nine chances out of ten very very temporary this can leave you in a situation to where you are passionate in one second and then the next moment after you've acted on these sad emotions you're in a situation to where you're no longer passionate and now you're stuck in a situation that you don't really necessarily understand and maybe doing things that you don't necessarily understand why you're doing and now depending on what it is the deed is done and you're unfulfilled and you're just waiting on your next emotional experience in order to get to that next moment or in that next place in your life and it's very misguided it is a um it can be a very empty and unfulfilling um experience to continuously go through life and move through experiences based on emotion alone um if you don't have any direction you don't have any goals you don't have any true core values at the bottom of it um that your life and decisions revolve around your emotions can mislead you into situations that either a take away peace or B, just leave you in a space to where you're confused and just unsure and um, impassionate. And, you know, just generally you have no direction in your life whatsoever. Um, I said scattered energy should be interrupted. God has programmed the sun to rise every day without interruption, regardless of what happened the night before. And I would like to believe he is willing to give us access to that same level of consistency, to that same level of purpose as well. And so, you know, 
Think about if the sun would only rise when God felt like it, or the moon would only come up when God felt like it, or the stars would only shine sometimes, and how that would interrupt our peace. Just even the physical, astronomical aspects of this life, if there were no consistency in those things, if there was no consistency in the oxygen, if there was no consistency in the, um, in the water, or all of the other elements that we oftentimes take for granted, how that would significantly impact our lives and how that would interrupt our flow and the natural flow of things that, like I said, we oftentimes really don't understand how much we really need. Um, So I'm saying that at the bottom of it, you have to have consistent aspects of your life you have to have consistent things that you do you in order to move and progress and achieve and get to a point to where you have accomplished things there needs to be a consistent and um committed relationship to like I said your foundational principles your vision where you're headed what you're doing where you're going how you're going to get there on a daily basis and if you don't you not only elongate that path but you run the risk of getting to that certain point and losing feeling or losing meaning and just changing direction altogether and not getting anywhere um I met when I took my MacBook to the Apple store last week I met this gentleman and he was working there of course helping me um see what the issue was with my Mac mini and he I told him you know it's just after some small conversation and um just getting to know each other he told me that he had a master's degree in psychology and but yeah he's working at the apple store and let's say that anything is wrong with that you know many of us change direction but you know he said he got all the way to getting his master's degree after all that work and really questioned himself as to whether or not he wanted to do this for his entire life and so he came to the conclusion before he actually got to practice in the field that he did it and completely changed direction. And this is just an example. And I'm not saying that he's miserable within his life. Um, he said he was happy with his job, but I'm just making, um, use of this example to say that this is kind of what we do as humans. We put in the work, we do what we feel passionate about in the moment and we get there and then we question life. Nothing really resonates with us. And so we change direction. And so you think about all that time that I'm not saying that he wasted, but you just spent probably about if it's it's a master's degree, you spent four years on your undergrad and then you spent two or three years on your master's. So that's six or seven years that it was just in vain. And, you know, let's take it to the space of relationships. You know, sometimes we get into relationships based on how we feel about a person in the moment and how attracted we are to them in the moment. But we really don't have any um, true standard for what we are looking for in this person and we're just going with the flow and so you know we get through these experiences you know after the honeymoon phase is gone after the sex is you know ran dry and kind of got real basic or whatever be it that this is not a covenant relationship this is this was not a precursor to marriage you were not dating to marry um or anything of that regard you get to you know two and three and four years later or however long and you cut, you begin to question if you, even if you want to be with this person anymore. And a lot of relationships tend to fail and you tend to go your separate ways and start over and do the whole process again. And then here it is X amount of years later, you've done this three or four times. Look how much time you have now, um, not wasted, but just not spent in the space that you mentally would like to be in or according to your plans and life plans that's not the place where you would like to be and so you got there because you were like I said emotionally motivated and because you just were just following some whimsical emotion and you made a decision and that was more than likely based on how you felt and you know what you wanted how you wanted to feel physically and you wanted that commitment and then when you want didn't want it anymore you walked away from it And I believe that's how the majority of humans spend their lives moving, myself included, um, up until a certain point um, before, like I said, I really submitted to God. And so yesterday um, I got a massage and I got a lot of things that I didn't expect to get. And so first and foremost, um, long story shorter, we had a really great conversation um, during the session and he shared some things with me and he said a few things that really stuck in my spirit. You know, he, he, he shared with me how he came to the Lord and how he met his wife 
and how he got into his career, which really confirmed a lot of things for me. And it, he said that he was out in the world. He's younger, of course. Um, he's been doing his um, massage therapy for 14 years. And he was looking for something to fulfill him when he was out in the dating world before he really submitted to God. And he said he had to get to what he calls the end of himself. He had to do it his way so many different times before he got to the point to where he was willing to accept God. And the moment he accepted God, he found that peace that he he couldn't find through relationships, through sex, through, you know, X, Y, Z. And, you know, after spending time really getting in the word and finding out um, and, and attaching himself to the identity that Christ presented in his word, he then was able to have more of a linear path. He said he moved out of his parents' house, you know, started working for himself, um, just really dedicated himself to becoming who God says he should be as a man. And boom, you know, one day at work, one of his clients, you know, met his wife and they courted for five months. He pursued her, got to know her. And five months later, He said two months in, he knew he was going to marry her. Five months later, they got engaged. I mean, got married. And so there is a shorter path associated with being grounded in Christ first. And it was really inspiring to hear him say that, first and foremost. He's black. Second of all, he's a man. (laughs) And three, he chose to be celibate, you know, on his own autonomy based off, you know, what he was discovering in the word. And I thought that was just absolutely beautiful. And the fact that he could enter the dating um, realm and space with his wife and be able to lead her by telling her that he didn't want to have sex until they were married. That's just so different to me. Like, it's just so unheard of. And I know there's a lot of people practicing a lot of different things, but like I said, I just want to say it was inspiring to hear him say this thing, these things and let me know that there are men out there that are like that. Um, I've experienced a lot of <laughs> dating, not, you know, physically sleeping with anybody, but just dating people. And I'm like, I never, I never just met somebody who I felt like I saw you know the the true spirit of God in like I just it just got frustrating and so like I said that's what brought me to the point that where I'm at now just where I'm focusing on what I need to be doing like you know focusing on my career and establishing myself now as an entrepreneur and making my own money and, and creating my own lane and staying within that um because nobody can take that away from me And like I said, whatever you're inspired to do, it may not be what I'm doing. Um, I know God has laid different inspirations and aspirations on everybody's heart. But just my goal here is to inspire you to really spend time understanding what that thing is and really going at God first wholeheartedly and establishing an intimacy with him and a closer relationship with him. And then secondly, going after that career and you know just like the gentleman that I spoke to yesterday did and seeing what happens from there and just not being so preoccupied with relational things because that's not what God wants you to focus on that's not going to get you anywhere Um, my next point is all things on earth have a codependent relationship to some degree and those same things have an independent function our goal is to allow the most high the chance to influence us first and to influence us consistently, just like the sun influences the earth. So the Bible says, without a vision, people perish. When was the last time you had a vision for what you were doing? The power of visualization is overlooked, underrated, and under, underutilized. Um, I think that that is so true. We spend so much time scrolling on Instagram, on Facebook, you know, being caught up with work and family and our immediate surroundings that I don't even know how often people even get to the point where they have actual visions for their future that are not categorically imagined, like I'll say imaginations or ideations or fantasies or um, just preoccupation just daydreaming because I don't believe it's the same thing. Like having a vision for your life, is not the same thing as fantasizing or any of the things that I just named and learning to make the distinction between a vision and those other things I feel like is key because the vision is attached to God and God's will for your life. And your vision is attached to 
your spirit. The vision is that that oftentimes that thing that can be the missing piece for you in terms of your life's path. You know, fantasy is temporary. Um, ideation is, is something that may not necessarily need to be true for you. It may be as a result of some type of distorted or passionate or unforgiveness or some type of emotion, some type of disorganized thought. Um, and I believe the enemy moves in and that space and oftentimes creates distractions for us. Um, also, those other things that are not vision will separate you from God. And oftentimes cause you to move in a way that contradicts God's word and causes you more harm and causes more stress and causes more anxiety. And so I'm just really wanting to highlight the difference here. So uh, many of us have not seen our visions come to fruition because our minds have been overcrowded with unforgiveness, preoccupation with emotions, false idols, thoughts of inadequacy and insecurity or feelings of failure. Um, and again, going back to what I was saying earlier, these things will inspire you to move in a certain way because you have unchecked trauma, because you have unforgiveness, because you have feelings of in inadequacy. You think a certain way. Your school of thought is entirely different um, from what it would be if your school of thought was grounded and based in Christ and based in God's word. And so your decisions are entirely different. And it's so covert. And so under the radar that I think many people miss it. Many people are just waiting to feel better. Many people enter situations um, in hopes to feel better and to alleviate that underlying anxiety that they really need to probably sit with and unpack. And they just kind to kind of, um, like I said, go through life with this um, rhythm that is similar to somewhat of an emotional roller coaster. Today, I feel melancholy. Today, I feel, next day, I feel passionate. Next day, I feel sad. Next day after that, I feel depressed. Next day after that. And it's just like you just exist through these experiences without ever questioning what is at the bottom of it and what is inspiring this. And is this really God's will for my life? You kind of just go with it. Um, I saw an episode yesterday that um, was on, uh, what was it? Um, was it Undisputed? Undisputed. Let me look at my YouTube. Harley initiated. I was way off. <laughs> Harley initiated, and he was talking about how he was a two-time suicide survivor. And that's something that you don't hear every day. And, you know, um, this is relevant because, like I said, that suicide is a result of a suicidal ideation. It's a fantasy. It's a vision for death. Instead of having a vision for life, you have a vision for death. And the gentleman was just sharing that people who um, ultimately succumb to to suicide and committing suicide aren't people who intend to kill themselves. They are people who are genuinely just wanting to end the pain and feel better. And in trying to do that and go about, you know, doing by going about doing that certain ways, you haphazardly in in your life. Like some most people who have a drug overdose trying to feel better, trying to alleviate anxiety, and you take a, a super dose, stop your heart. You know, there, there's no intention here to actually end your life. But it, like I said, it happens. I believe the enemy takes advantage of a lot of unresolved hurt, a lot of unchecked trauma, a lot of repressed pain. And we just ultimately end up in a position to where, you know, we make the wrong decision and end up ending our lives when it could have went completely different. Um, I said many of us have not seen our visions come to fruition. I just read that. My bad, y'all. So in no other religion, only in Christianity, does the deity give the command to have no other gods before me. Many people may think that this is so in order to give reverence and honor, just to give reverence and honor to God. I believe it's much bigger than I do. Um, so there's so many different religions and walks of life in this world. And I've seen so many instances where even this morning, a friend of mine sent me this, uh, Instagram reel of these. Um, I don't know if they were pastors or just churchgoers with a camera, um, going out to a pride fest and attempting to preach to people about living a homosexual lifestyle and, you know, 
I believe, without going too far in, in, on that tangent, that sexuality is one of those things, those topics of conversation that needs to be approached on a, an, an, an individual basis um, in a safe space because you really need to get to know the person because that's such an intimate thing. Like just going out into the atmosphere and just, you know, spouting off religious things and Bible verses to people and saying, God loves you, repent. Like, that doesn't inspire people <laughs> to necessarily abandon, you know, their coping mechanisms and lifestyles for the sake of taking on the word of God. Like, it's just not, I don't believe that was the way of Christ. But I'm saying all that to say that there are things and certain practices in this world just like I said earlier, that I feel like we commit ourselves to in order to see if we can establish that peace. And it's like that that path of, mm, what do I want to call that? The path that we take before God includes a, can include a lot of different things. And we can really, 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 it's like shopping in Walmart. <laughs> you go in there for one thing, and next thing you know, you've been in there for five or six hours and you spent like way too much money. Like, being outside of God's will and God's protection and God's word is the same way. And like, it works the same way. And so, you know, you can not, not to attack anybody else's religion. I, I believe that every step that we take, every road that we take will eventually lead to God because we're going to go through a long process of trial and error and figuring it out. But it's not to say that, that that path couldn't have been shorter if we would have chose God right off the bat, you know, we, we experience these stopping points and these points of what is the word trepidation or this, these points of where we're just treading water. I'll say that. And we're not really progressing anywhere. We're not really going anywhere. We're not really doing anything. Nothing's changing. We're in the motions. We're going through the motions of making decisions that we thought we wanted to make and, we're doing the things that the thing the people that we looked up to in the moment said to do, you know the Andrew Tates in the world, the Louis Farrakhan's in the world, the the whoever in the world. We're doing all those things. We're still not having the outcomes that we desire to have, and it puts us in a place to you know question a lot. It question ourselves, question our beliefs, question our path, question the people in our lives, question whether we should be where we are or not. And we tend to move accordingly. It's like I said, it's just a really haphazard way to move in life. And because you don't know how to really validate or qualify anything or anybody. And like I said, without outside of the word of God, you know, even in all these other religions, like you have Buddhism that, you know, tells you how to do things a certain way. You have Hinduism that tells you how to do things a certain way. You have Muslim religion that tells you how to do things a certain way. But a lot of it is just religion. I believe that Christianity is the only one, like I said, that really will give you true peace. And of course, I do have a bias because I am a Christian, but I'm saying at the end of the day, the Bible says Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. Period. In the Quran, the Bible is referenced. In Buddhism, it's more so about, you know, meditation and things like that are more related to the occult and, and new age religion and things like that. Christ is not even in the picture. Um, some people believe that you can synthesize your own peace and synthesize your own salvation and synthesize. And it's, it's your choice as to whether or not you try these things first or last. Um, the, a couple of days prior, I was watching a YouTube video on this young lady who um, claims to have been living the new age um, lifestyle before she submitted to Christ. And she was trying things like ayahuasca, which is like a hallucinogen um, um, given to you by some type of shaman, which is, you know, categorically, according to the Bible, classified as being other gods. It's, we resort to trying other things. We put ourselves through these situations and experiences that we don't necessarily have to go through. And she was just saying that she was dating uh, a man at the time and they had got engaged. She broke off the engagement, didn't want to get married no more. It completely changed her mind. So it's just like, again, like I said earlier, these things will send you into completely different directions. And you're just 
going in circles or just zigzags or whatever, but your life has no direction at all. Like your path is not linear. And you know, who knows how long you could be in that in that space. You know, you could waste all of your your youthful life just through pipe dreams alone and you know there at some point there has to be a foundation or a sense of purpose established in order for you to experience certain levels of joy and peace um, I said what we allow to govern our lives ultimately is the source of our progression or stagnation exactly the word states in Romans 128 that centuries ago God gave the people over to a reprobate mind due to their ungodly desires and them allowing their desires to directly influence their actions. And so we all know what the Bible says, right? Um, Without getting too preachy here, it's just... I met um, a gentleman and we had a really good conversation of course you know I, I drive for Lyft and he was just saying that without he was sharing with me that he was married I picked him up from the airport dropped him off at home just sharing with me that he uh couldn't stand Kevin Gates and me and him I like we bonded on this and he couldn't stand Andrew Tate and we bonded on that as well he was like it's, there's too many people out in the world that are influencing other men to live a way that is very unfulfilling and unfruitful. He was maybe, I think he was like 26 or 27, but he had been married for a while. He said, have you ever been in love? And I was like, mm. you know, I gave him my answer. <laughs> he was like, well, I'm in love. And he was just saying he was in love with his wife and, you know, just bragging on his relationship and bragging on her. And, and you know, I asked him, you know, how he knew that she was the one. He was like, it was her personality. It was the way she carried herself. It was the fact that she had a God at the head of her life. And he was like, that was just it for me. And like I said, more often um, here lately, I've been uh, afforded the privilege to meet more men that have God at the the head of their lives. And just I see the difference. I've I've, I've known there was a difference for a long time. But I'm I'm getting to see what the difference is and what that difference really looks like. Um, it's just the certain things that they, certain stages of life that they completely surpass. Here, this man is 25, 26. He didn't have to go through a whole slew of situationships and sexual experiences with a bunch of different women in order to come to the conclusion that this was his wife. But so many people that we are surrounded by, men and women out in the world, believe that you have to go through that path in order to find your partner and find the right fit. But when in reality, you lose yourself in that process and you lose a lot of yourself in that process because the process of coming together with a person requires for you to compromise and change and accommodate so much. And so if you've done this with, let's just say, five people within the past, you know, five or 10 years, you think about how much how much compromising you've done, how much appeasing, how much pulling apart and pulling putting together and pulling apart that you've done to what detriment? to what success to what success you know and I know we learn different things in each relationship depending on how we carry ourselves but it's just like if we are wholeheartedly going into these things and and breaking up you think about how damaging that could be to you in the long run if we don't ultimately come up with certain principles and a certain um plan of action when it comes to going at dating and you know it has to be so much bigger than just moving according to how you feel because if you just move according to how you feel at a certain point this relationship is going to be over if you don't take it upon yourself to learn more and you know dedicate and commit yourself to a certain way of doing things you will never get to where you want to be um, next point I said it was here that the enemy stepped in and took the wheel and also why every human being on this earth has to compete with their minds 24 hours a day and seven days a week we do it's it's like I said just making the attempt to highlight how much time we spend in our minds how much time we spend meditating and pondering and acquiescing and just staying stuck in a neutralized position immovable not moving forward not progressing 
regretting, contemplating, overthinking these things, this static anxiety, this static energy keeping us stationary and complacent, comfortable and uncomfortable in a lot of different respects and in a lot of different ways caught up in a fantasy that may not ever come true that's not vision that's not vision because a lot of times people get um into a a mindset to where they're so fixated on this fantasy in their minds that they're mishandling everything out in the world in real life for the sake of getting to experience this fantasy and then when they finally get to experience this fantasy it's unfulfilling and they look behind them at everything that all the time that they've wasted and everything that they went through just to have nothing to show for it so what what are you idealizing what are you imagining what are you contemplating what are you ruminating on what are you meditating on? Really begin to unpack these things and question these things and look through these things and sort through them intentionally and decide what fits with you. Who are you? Who does God say you are? What foundation do you have? What future do you desire for yourself? Who do you desire to be? Where are you right now? What's important to you? Are you in the career field that you desire to be in? Are you experiencing the outcomes that you would like to experience? Are you around the people that you would like to be around? Have you made a decision to dedicate yourself to living the life that you want to live, that you believe you're here to live on this earth? Like we are here to be fruitful, to live and move and have our being through Christ, through God. We are here to experience joy in the fullness thereof. In the Bible it says that all things will work out for our good when we love the Lord and put him first. And also in the word, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. Are we living the life that we want to live? Are we living the life that God intended for us to have? Do we have that abundance in our heart? Do we have that peace? Do we have that clarity? Do we have that vision? I said, um, it is important to take a census of our actions our decisions our thoughts our emotions our habits our influences our impactful voices how we show up how we perceived how we received how we proceed take notice of all these things take inventory Unclutter your life. Everything that's not attached to a God-given vision, I dare you to let it go. Every action or behavior that you're committed to investing in or a part of right now that's not attached to God's word or in contradiction of what God's law has laid out for us, I dare you to let it go. I dare you for the next two weeks to fast or pray from something for something or from something I dare you to detach yourself from something that's been holding you for too long I dare you to step outside of that comfort zone I dare you to to let go of that security blanket that may have shown up in your life in the form of a person or, or a relationship that you know you shouldn't be in I want to challenge you to really go after what you want I want to challenge you also to listen to your own voice, the the God-given voice that you've had. I I challenge you to return to your first love in terms of your career, your passion, your aspirations, and your dreams, and to look how far you've come. I challenge you to look at where you are and how far away you've moved from the original plan of action and the original intentions that you had when you were God-centered initially. I challenge you to really contemplate and consider if your moment in the present moment was worth everything that you've experienced before. And if it's not, 
then you're not done. I challenge you to keep going. This is not a moment of judgment. This is not a moment of condemning. I would like for this to be a challenge towards clarity, challenge towards progression, a challenge towards understanding self on a higher level, a challenge to live life and experience a greater livelihood, a challenge to go after what you really want and let go of what you settled for. challenge you to clean your house I challenge you to create a safe space for you mentally physically and emotionally I challenge you to get in your word and see and find seek and find God's identity for you according to his word live according to that let your not passion let God's word guide you let all of your intentions and your energy and your effort and your beliefs correlate directly to God's vision for your life and purpose I dare you to pray I dare you to to repent from whatever it is that you know you've been a part of that you know God wouldn't approve of I dare you to let go of the things that are not serving you I dare you to challenge yourself I dare you to open your mind to the possibilities of what you could be You are so much more than your trauma. You are so much bigger than what you've been through. Your bad experiences don't define you. And how people treat you is not a definition of who you are. How people see you and how God sees you is not the same. And the only opinion of you that should matter is God's and your own in terms of creating who you are and having the capacity to make you feel a way. Take your power back. Reclaim your time and get in your word. I'm going to close out with a word of prayer. Lord God, I thank you again for giving me the opportunity to have a platform and to be able to influence people positively in a way that would inspire them thank you for everything that you have put upon my heart and I thank you for everything that's about to come to pass I thank you for clarity I thank you for peace I thank you for the wisdom to be able to see what I need to be in and what I don't need to be in I thank you for the opportunity to leave my job I thank you for the opportunity to be able to see what's not for me and what is I thank you for the mind to be able to identify what is of you and what is not I ask that you continue to have your way in my life. I surrender to you fully. I want your plans for me and the plans for me that you approve of, Father God. I ask that you take away the things that are not like you and that you identify them for me if I need to take them away myself. I ask that you continue to inspire me through the Holy Spirit, through worship, Actually, that you open all the doors for our listeners that would empower them to change direction and move closer to you in relationship and in intimacy. I ask that you make your word so apparent to them that they can't miss it. I ask that you convict us, Father God, in the areas in which we need to make decisions that are more pleasing and acceptable to you. I ask you to challenge, myself included, in addition to the listeners, to move towards you, to commit to you, and to let go of all the competing desires that keep us from you. I pray these things in your wonderful name, in Christ's name, amen.